Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? Harrison, I'm doing well. We're into our first pre-recorded episode as you're currently in the sky, mate. I am in the sky. I'm probably sipping on a nice frosty chocolate thick shake right about now. In the sky? (laughs) Enjoying it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Travelling in style, so uh, yeah. Give in me business or something? In, in business class, you are in luckily. Business. Um, so, yeah, I'll be ringing my bell and uh, requesting the frostiest of chocolate thick shakes. Uh, but for this episode today, what we're going to do, we are going to talk all about uh, the most iconic AFL team of the 21st century. So, we sort of hinted at it last week. Um, Ollie, we've put this team together. Uh, it's sort of our biggest period watching the sport. So, it's going to be very interesting to discuss. Yeah, we debated doing a the best team of all time, and we sort of thought, how can I rank Steven Silvani as a back as a backman against you know, I don't know, a Darren Glass or a Alex Brands or who else is around today, Stephen May? Like, how do you compare that? So we thought to ourselves, let's jump into the 21st century, an era that we're probably familiar enough with, both born in the 90s. So we're going to jump into that, and we're going to have. Probably a little bit of a discussion on the players as well. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting chat. But before we get into it, uh, we should plug all of the socials. So you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod, uh, seeing all of our terrific content. You can also uh, find us on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search. Uh, any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, make sure you contact us, Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com for any of your inquiries. We would love to hear from you. But. It's time for us to get into the pod. It's time for us to get into the most iconic AFL team of the 21st century. And Ollie, do you want to start with our back one? Okay, so in the back pocket, we have Corey Enright from the Geelong Cats. In the full back, full full back in our back line, we have Matthew Scarlett from the Geelong Cats. In the back pocket, we have Darren Glass from the West Coast Eagles. Now, you may see two Geelong Cats players in this back line, and they were the stalwarts for what was a historic defense for when they won and they had their, basically their premiership dynasty. Yeah, so they won 2007, 2009, uh, and 2011. Um, so winning every second year. And they were absolutely incredible. And that strong, uh, sturdy defense definitely helped them to victory along with the likes of uh, Gary Ablett Jr. and all the other uh, superstar midfielders. But their defense, any time they absorbed the pressure and they were able to funnel it back out to their midfield uh, and move the ball down the field. Yeah, and... I was sort of like, who do I pick as my fullback here? We had some some great options, um, particularly Dustin Fletcher playing a ton load of games. Mm, yeah. But Matthew Scarlett, oh, I didn't realize he was this good, honestly. I knew he was a great player, but a three-time premiership player, a six-time All-Australian. And do you remember when he did that little toe poke in the middle of the ground? I believe it was against St Kilda. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty confident it was against St Kilda, and they basically turned the game. Um and one of the funniest things, uh, looking up Matthew Scarlett, how much he looks like Craig Lowndes. I'm not <laughs> sure you realise. Look up Matthew Scarlett right oh, now. I've got, I've got to look at a picture Live right now. Live reaction to the point where he was nicknamed Lounsey throughout his career, which I think is just hilarious. But I just had to get that in there quickly. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, a bit of lighthearted. That is identical. That is identical. Back to the chat. We also had Darren Glass, who was part of the Eagles Premiership team in two thousand and six. Um yep. and then we're moving on to our half back line now. Yeah, so a half back line at half back flank we've got Andrew McLeod of the Crows. Um and centre half back we've got Alex Rance of the uh of the Richmond Tigers. And then at the other half back flank we've got Luke Hodge um of the Hawks and Lions. Yeah, Hodgie not known probably didn't really get there for his performance at the Lions, but part of that Hawthorne Hawks dynasty. Um, one of their best players over the He last could few honestly years. play anywhere as well. Mm. Um Unfortunately, to bring up old memories, but that grand final against the Swans, he's kicking goals from the boundary, playing in the guts, playing off half-back, just doing absolutely everything for that team. And I think he was a big member um, and a big reason why they won uh, the premierships that they did. Definitely. Um, Was it 08 that he won Norm Smith in? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I believe so. I, I, I remember so. him having a real big impact in that 08, 08 team as well, um, playing well in grand final. Yeah, he won, I'm pretty sure he won in 08 and 2014. Yeah, so, okay. But also a three-time All-Australian. You know, he's that captain of three premierships um, and also had another one where he wasn't captain, but I think he's probably the easiest selected. One of the, one of the more difficult ones was Alex Rance. Now, he's probably more of a fullback, yep. um, but, you know, multiple All-Australian selections. And we probably haven't seen a fantastic centre-half back in this century like we saw in years previous. Yeah. But I think he's a worthy centre-half back there. And he's an intercept marker, so I'm pretty confident that we can put him higher up the ground. Yeah, definitely. And Andrew McLeod, speed to burn. Part of that Adelaide Crows team um, and probably one of the best Indigenous players of all time. Definitely, definitely agreed. Uh, well, Ol, do you want to take us through our uh, midline, please? Now, we're in the engine room now. So, we've got Chris Judd on the wing. He played for the West Coast Eagles and Carlton Blues. Um, we've got Michael Voss as a centerman. He played for the Brisbane Lions. And on the other wing, we've got Adam Goods, who played for the Sydney Swans. These three are ball getters. They're going to absolutely tear apart the middle of the field. Um, very hard-nosed players, all three of them. Yeah, and Goodsy and, and Judd, they probably played in the guts more than on the wing, but mm. only because they were just they needed them on the ball. But imagine having those two speedsters, those two guys that could run all day. You know, we saw Goodsy play off the half-back in his career, yep. and uh, I think he would translate to the wing. He did play a little bit there, but imagine him on the wing, sneaking forward, sneaking back, um, and then Chris He'd Judd. he everything. Chris Judd would just be running all day. And then it's hard to not mention Michael Voss. Now, he's part of that Lions dynasty, um, captain throughout that. And I think he's probably a worthy captain. You know, we saw his leadership as the coach of Carlton this year mm. to turn around them. But, um, yeah, three-time premiership player. He won a Brownlow in 96, which is not actually counted. But um, he did win two Lee Matthews trophies in 2002 and 2003 and was that multiple all-time Australian winner. Now, my man, my favorite player of all time, Chris Judd. Yep. Now, he was a dual Brownlow medal winner. Um, he did win a premiership at West Coast in 2006. Now, 
it, this man, I just and a Norm Smith he, in two thousand five. Norm Smith, one of the uh, Norm Smith on a losing team in two thousand and five. Very impressive to be able to do that. I'm not a fan of it. I don't know about you. But I, I 100% agree, but it still shows how much of an impact he had on the game. Even in a losing effort, he was still judged to be the best on ground. So um, that's a credit to how well he's played, despite the fact that I don't agree with uh, with people winning Norm Smith not being on the winning team. Yeah, and I think that center line as we mentioned it's, it's going to be insane and we haven't even got to the guys on the ball who are going to win the ball for us mm. get it in and under but we are moving to our half forward line hey do you want to take us through our half forward line yeah so half half forward line uh at our uh half forward flank we've got boomer harvey uh from north melbourne center half forward we've got nick revolt uh with the saints uh, and the other half forward flank is buddy franklin lance franklin of the sydney swans and the hawthorne hawks yeah, and we'll start off with Boomer Harvey, who is the leading games. He's had the most games by in a, AFL history. By a long way, too. Yeah, a long way in the end. He's played 432 games. He played as a forward. He played as a winger. Um, he kicked 518 goals and um, was a captain for the club. He won a premiership in 99, which doesn't count, but he did win um, a few medals throughout different games and was a four-time All-Australian. I mean, the way he was playing as well, he could have kept playing. He, he, he still probably had more in the tank. Honestly, mate, there's pictures of him um, like two years ago. And what do you mean now? Well, yeah. Honestly, I think he could play North's team, and that's not even being <laughs> facetious. I think he is just has that longevity, and I think someone asked him. Um, I think it was on the front bar. It might have been a year or two ago, and someone said, do you think you could still play? And he said, yeah, honestly, I do. He said, I think I'm in better shape now than I am when I was uh, 40 years old and, and still sort of kicking along. What's stopping him, do you reckon? I just think that there's just nothing in it for him to go back. You know it, what I mean? It almost hurt the club's development as well because they wouldn't be able to... Like, it's, it's another player on the field that they can't develop into something for the future. Yeah, and it's almost like, why would he want to go back? <laughs> Just to get smacked and belted each week, yeah. Yeah, I still think he'd probably be one of their best players, but imagine if he got to the prestigious 450 games. I would have loved to have seen him do it. I don't think anyone probably will. No, I don't think so. Um, Nick Revolt for the Saints, one of the most courageous players I've ever seen. Anytime I uh, think of him, I think of that game against the Swans where he got uh, he's running against the flight of the ball and got turned around um, Markian, absolutely courageous player and a great player for the centre-half forward line. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Rui never got an uh, AFL premiership. He got so close towards the end. He got very, very close. Um, he was one of those players that just absolutely ran himself into the ground. He would run, he would do wing, wing sprints across the wing before the game had even started and everyone was going, what are you doing, mate? Like, what's going on? Yeah, he said it was a bit of a mental thing. He needed others to sort of see that he was doing that, and you know, he also did say that it it sort of warmed him up, and he was able to go out there and, and make an impact yeah. straight away. You know, not settling into the game, but he says he was a bit of a loon. I listened to a podcast um, with the Howie Games, which was actually a pretty good listen. Yeah, um, and he was on there, and he was talking about his career, and um, one of the interesting things that I found he was played and was from Queensland which had his junior career in Queensland playing for Southport and Broadbeach yep. which is sort of weird because he's not a Melbourne uh, player 
He basically moved to the Gold Coast when he's nine years of age, which I thought was really, really interesting. Because he feels so Victorian now after spending so long at St Kilda. Um, but yeah, he's he's great on the um, on all the Fox Footy coverage as well. Love listening to his um, his opinion. But yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, fantastic football player. Yeah, and the next one we've got, I think you could make it a lot about this guy. It's 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 Buddy Franklin. What what can I say that hasn't been said a million times about Buddy Franklin, especially this year of all years, uh, hitting that thousandth goal earlier in the year? He's just he is football's superstar. He is the uh, I think if we had to pick an icon of AFL right now or even of the last twenty years, it's Buddy Franklin. He's he's the guy that gets sells tickets that gets people through the door. Um, just an absolutely incredible football player and. Putting him on that uh, where you've put him as well on that on that left side, uh, kicking against the uh, uh, along the boundary line where he loves to sneak goals from. I think that's the perfect spot for him. Yeah, I th- I think it is too. And I think the thing about Buddy is we were we were chatting about our icon of Sydney and we picked Goodsy. Honestly, if we were to do it again, I think we'd nearly have Lance taken it out. I just think that since we've seen that thousand goals. That is so. Because we did Icon of Sydney before the thousand gold. We did. We? I we think. Did. I think that overtook it. Look, we knew it was coming, but I don't think that the we way s- it happened though. Yeah. It, because it happened at the SCG. The way the game, like the game he had, getting the four goals in the one game. The my I, there goes my. I can't listen to that song and not think of Buddy Franklin anymore. It's incredible. And I, I didn't even go to the game. I can't imagine how you feel having gone to the game. Um, what your feelings are on Buddy Franklin. Yeah, and I think we're all subject to the recency bias as well, which is why I think probably Buddy does get over goods if we were to do it again. Definitely. But he does place as the half-forward flank. Um, he's a bit of a hybrid. You know, he's a very tall guy, but he could play half-forward if you needed to. He could play in a pocket, on a flank. I've seen him play a bit of ruck as well in the past. I don't think he's playing ruck, no. but that's a bit of a, a sneak peek into into who we've got there. But yeah. I'm not going to mention that because we are moving on to our forward pocket line, where we've got Cyril Rioli, who played for the Hawthorne Hawks, Jonathan, Fra- not Jonathan Franklin, Jonathan Brown, <laughs> um, who played for the Brisbane Lions, and Jason Ackermanis, who played for the Brisbane Lions and the Western Bulldogs. Now, Cyril Rioli, we'll start off with him. Yep. So, his career was cut very, very short. Um, He was only, I believe he was about 28 years of age when he retired. Um, And he basically said he was moving back to Darwin. And we've later seen some some racial injustice and some situations coming out of that. But, you know, we'll just caveat that he had a very, very short career. But what did he do in that career? He was a four-time premiership player. He won a Norm Smith medal. Um, and three All-Australian selections. He did everything in the game, even in a short period of time, yeah. Now, this one was the hardest one. Oh, this was tough. Because we haven't picked this next guy, and I feel bad for it. I honestly think this might be the one where everyone goes, how could you not pick Eddie Betts? And if Josie's listening, I'm glad she's not home because she would walk out of that bedroom (laughs) and tell me I'm the stupidest person ever because that's her favourite player. But Eddie Betts, like, we don't have him. What are your thoughts there? He is on our list of honourable mentions. We won't spoil the rest of the honourable mentions, but Eddie Betts was an absolute champion football player. And I think... 
can we can we call him our medical sub or something? Can we can we get him on the team sheet somehow? Because I think he deserves to be on there. Yeah, well, we know that Eddie didn't win um, a premiership, but he was a three-time All-Australian. You know, he did win six leading goalkeeper award for his club. And as a small forward, you're not going to bag um, the Coleman medal very often. We haven't seen many small forwards do that. Um, but yeah, compared to Cyril, it's like... What do you take, the longevity of Eddie or the impact that Cyril had in his 10-year uh, career? So Make sure you get in touch. If you disagree, we'd love to hear your opinion and uh, love to hear you fight for uh, fight for Eddie Betts or any other players you think deserve to be on there at Road Trip Sports Pod. Um, get in touch with us. Next one, we've got John O'Brien. So he's a three-time premiership player. He makes a couple of All-Australian teams. Um, he wins a Coleman medal in 2007. He's uh, one of the best forwards that we've seen. A real hard, hard nose forward, and oh, yeah. uh, you can sort of hear it in his voice that he's had uh, had a few head knocks, had a few <laughs> a few across his chest. Um, yep. But wasn't he a great player? Absolutely incredible football player. Uh, yeah, a lot of him say that his impact was even more than Buddy Franklin's uh, was, um, and it's sort of the recency bias we look at with Buddy Franklin, but. Um, Jonathan Bound, absolutely incredible player for those uh, for the three peat run, um, and I think we see that with Jason Akamanis as well in the um, in the forward pocket. Is that uh, duo absolutely running rampant on the competition? Yeah, and like what what do you sort of say? Um, Aka was just one of those players that we probably didn't get to see enough of. Um, we sort of saw him towards the end of his career yeah. for the Bulldogs and he'd still pull out like little special plays and you go, this guy is insane. Yeah. Um, he was sort of before his time a bit. He was such a prolific small forward and yeah, I mean... I mean, He was a big entertainer as well. He was, he was. And playing for the Lions and Bears, you know, he probably deserved to win those three premierships and some people say he, he won finals... Um, and finals in those series uh, off his own boot. Yeah. So one of those players that can really turn the game on ahead. And if, if this team um, needed a goal from the boundary, we're going to Cyril or, or Aka. Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. Uh, well, we want to talk about our rucks now. So putting in at ruck, uh, we've got Big Dean Cox um, from the West Coast Eagles at Ruck Rover. We've got Nathan Buckley from the Collingwood Magpies. And at Rober, who else? We've got Gary Ablett Jr. Uh, from the Geelong Cats and the Gold Coast Suns. Now, we'll start off with the hardest selection of this entire thing. Um, we'll cut it down to two. It's either Max Gorn or Dean Cox. We went back and forth as well. I, I saw both names in this list multiple times. It's... It's really, really hard to come to a decision here. And I think we're stuck by recency bias. Um, Dean Cox was one of the best ruckmen of all time. He was in six All-Australian teams. Um, he won West Coast Best and Fairest Award. Um, he played 290 games. And he was just great from the get-go. Um, he basically come in the year, uh, come into the team and made an impact straight away. Um, and there was... Where we sort of thought about Gorn a bit, and he sort of took a few years to develop, but recently he's gone bang. You know, if he continues this for three or four years, I think Gorny or gets another premiership. I think Gorn probably overtakes him. Yeah, I think this is one where we, if we reevaluate in a couple of years, we might make some uh, make some updates 
um, with a few of these uh, premiership demons if they can get a few more flags. Uh, yeah. They've definitely got the talent for it, um, but they, we might see a few, bit more of a Melbourne uh, Melbourne imprint on this team. But I think at the moment, Dean Cox is the, uh, is the man for the job. Yeah, and as hypothetical as this sounds, what do you want um, as a ruckman? for that team you want them hitting you want the best tap ruckman you can get yeah. we know Gorn's a great tap, tap ruckman but his things around the ground that's what he does mm. um, and with the type of rovers and people you have around the ball you just get get the ball in the hands of the rovers quick um, speaking of the rovers Nathan Buckley very hard nosed footballer um, will always win the hard ball and yeah incredible impact on the game it's it's a real shame that he never won a flag at Collingwood Oh, I'm not too concerned about it, mate, to be honest. <laughs> a, a real shame for him. Not a real shame that Collingwood didn't win one, but a real shame that he didn't win one, I think. Yeah, I suppose that's true, mate. And uh, he he didn't play a very, very long career. Um, we know he played in the... Well, I think he played 260 games, you know. we usually a good career. That's still a long oh, career. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's a huge career. You know, he played in the Sandful for Port Adelaide for 37 games as well, yeah. which isn't even counted in that 280 games that he played. But a Brownlow medal in 2003, that infamous Brownlow medal in 2003. The three-way tie, yeah. It was very, uh, very interesting year, but it's still, it gave, they all count the same. They all got a medal, um, and he's got it hanging up somewhere. So um, very worthy, uh, worthy candidate for it. Now, the next one for the GOAT discussion I believe, is uh, Gary Ablett Jr. Oh, yeah. uh, Gary I, I Ablett Jr. I think he's Jr. fighting that good discussion with his father. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably pretty close there. And the only thing that hurts Gary Ablett Sr. is he just didn't win that premiership. Mm. Um, so we've got Gary. He was a absolutely insane player. The way he could rack up the football, but also get... Um, a tag week in week out guys hanging off his back much similar to Chris Judd where Chris Judd was just absolutely um, trying to battle three blokes but that was the same for Gary but as I mentioned he did win two premierships two Brownlow medals five Lee Matthews trophies and that's something that I probably consider is the best award in football it's it's given to you by the players association so basically the players um, vote that one and I think being recognised by your peers as the best player in the league is the thing that I want. Yeah, because the only issue with the Brownlow is that umpires shouldn't be paying attention on the best player on the ground. They should be focused on the game and who is, um, yeah, and and on the on the fouls and adjudicating the game. It it would always would take away focus from the actual game itself as a former umpire. Um, when we'd have to discuss at halftime, right, who do we think's the best and fairest, who do we think's the best on ground, and having to look for that um, was a hard job for the umpires to do. So I think that definitely it's more respectable that from your peers um, to be voted into that role. Yeah, and I listened to Razor Ray do a podcast, and he said that they don't look at the stats. And I think that's a good thing. I do, yeah. But also, I think that can sometimes... Stats can be of, of uh, assistance as well. Um, where I think if you can have a holistic view of things, I think it's whilst it's good to just go, this is the guy that had the most impact, it's also good that 
You know, there are guys in the league that do accumulate the ball with little in and unders that you probably don't see when you're an umpire. You're just trying to focus on adjudicating the game that you're, you know, you're looking for a high tackle. Who actually handled that ball underneath? I don't know. Yeah. Who was the distributor? But so I think to be recognized by your peers is, is something that uh, is, is very, very, is a very, very big accomplishment. Um, Definitely. Now we'll move on to our interchange now. And I think everyone's probably thinking at this stage, where is Dusty Martin? Yeah, he's right here. He was hard to place because you could put him just about anywhere on the field and we couldn't quite nail down a role for him. So the impact player coming off the bench, um, he'd definitely get major minutes in this team. He could pull anyone off um, and replace him with Dusty Martin. Uh, Very much in the buddy sort of realm, the showman... um, Absolutely incredible player. Yeah, if we're playing a, a premiership game, an AFL grand final with this team, which I think they win by 300 points, but that's <laughs> not the point. The point is I think that he would be able to go out go out there and get you a win um, off his own boot. You know, he's a yeah. Brownlow medalist. He did win that Lee Matthews trophy. Um, three Norm Smiths. Best mm. player of field. Um, so I think on that bench, he can provide some much-needed flexibility. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Other players on that bench, uh, Nat Fife uh, from the Dockers, a uh, couple of time Brownlow medalist himself. Uh, ben Cousins was a big in for our team uh, of West Coast Eagles. He also played a bit for the uh, Richmond Tigers, um, but mostly remembered for his time with the Eagles. Uh, and Sean Burgoyne as well uh, for Port Power and the Hawthorne Hawks. Uh, we've got the in there as well. Um, a very capable bench could uh, could be a midfield group in themselves and uh, and get some wins off their own back. But um, yeah, all incredible players in their own right. Yeah, and we're moving on to our coach now, who we've got as Alistair Clarkson. Um, no four premierships. Debate. Yeah, four premierships as a coach, four All Australian selections as a coach. Um, the mastermind. I've heard many stories about how he implemented a grid system. Um, and you're thinking a grid system. How does that work? Yeah. What's a grid system? So basically, he he defended and he attacked in a grid system. So he said, if so-and-so, let's say Luke Hodges at B35, which means like he's at the top of the flank. So he basically built a grid for each place on the ground. If he's um, at B35, buddy, I want you to lead to A26. It probably wasn't 26 different grids. It was probably like four across each line. But yeah. it might have been, Buddy, I want you to lead to A2. And Buddy would lead to A2. Um, Hodge knew exactly where to kick it. And it's it's not uh, defendable if you know where the ball's going as a forward and you know where to kick it as a midfielder. That almost sounds in the vein of NFL, like calling players and knowing, okay, if this situation happens, I'm going to run this. Um, that's very analytical, very tactical. And yeah, Alistair Clarkson, he, the... The results speak for themselves. Yeah, and if I had um, if I had enough knowledge of the grid system, I probably would coach in the AFL because it it's almost unstoppable. Um, and I think that's one of the things we know. He implemented that grid system. To what effect? We don't really know. But it's easy enough to implement the grid system. It's hard to actually get into the specifics of it and um, coach your players to follow it as well and to trust in it, to believe in it. Um, and that's what he was able to do so effectively. Um, so definitely, definitely a strong coach leading the pack. Yeah, and we will get into some honourable mentions. We've already mentioned Eddie Betts. Um, we um, 
Interchange is loaded with midfielders, so we have missed out on Matthew Richardson as a as a key forward. His kicking probably hurt him in the end um, of his Not, career, but 800 goals still. Like, come on. The lack of success for the Tigers in the time he was there as well. He just missed the uh, the golden era uh, for the modern Tigers, um, and I think that does hurt his uh, hurt his t- uh, ability to be on the team as well. Um, and last of all, we've got Sam Mitchell, um, who played for the Hawks and the Eagles as well. Um, very strong footballer, uh, was in and out of the squad as we were building it, but eventually ended up uh, out just on the outside of the squad, but very capable player in his own right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think um, another worthy couple of mention, we've got Simon Black from the Brisbane Lions, part of that dynasty there. I think you could just about put nearly every one of that, uh, every member of that Ooh, yeah. uh, dynasty there. Same with the Hawks. Um, Matthew Pavlich, All-Australian at centre-half back, and as a centre-half forward, full forward, like, we probably could throw him in there for utility. Um, we know we can play Richo on the wing, but I'd r- much rather play uh, Pavlich back and forward. So, if yeah. we wanted to go with a, um, basically, a ruck, forward, mid, and defence for our interchange, you know, we've mentioned guys like Maxi Gorn, Richardson, uh, Betts, Sam Mitchell, Pavlich Black, and uh, the list goes on. I'm sure there's plenty more... Um, so if you've missed out on it, let us know. Yeah, make sure to get in touch with us because uh, that is the end of our podcast. So make sure to get in touch with us uh, at Road Trip Sports Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, if you've enjoyed the pod, if you disagree with our team, uh, we put a bit of work into putting this together. Uh, so yeah, get in touch with us. Let us know uh, what your thoughts are. Um, but next week, we'll be bringing you a very exciting segment. Um, it's called The Icons of Tomorrow. So we're going to go through all the decades and talk all about um, the icons, the most iconic players, uh, and sort of pitch that into the future and uh, look into the future, look into our um, glass ball and see who we think is going to be the best teams, uh, best players of the future. Um, but yeah, very excited for that one. Uh, But that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed it. Get in touch with us and we will see you next time. See ya.